Up next, Xavier McKinney offers perspective from one regime to the next. Where will this defense lie, and how excited is he to be playing underneath Wink Martindale? We break that down. We take a look at how bad the New York football Giants may be by Madden standards, and also the defensive depth chart heading into training camp. What does Paul Schwartz think is possible for Big Blue and some of their young talent? Coming up next. Ah, yes, friends. It is OGP, the One Giant Podcast. Of course, we are your hosts. I am over here covering the Brooklyn Nets on the Locked On Nets podcast with my boy Doug Norrie. And yonder there is the healthy, wealthy, and wise season generational ticket holder, cool as a cucumber in the summer sun, Mr. Andrew McElhinney. Is it training camp time, Adam? Is it? Because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling something in the air. Buddy, you better believe that it is. Wouldn't you know it? That finally, officially, while not open practice for Tuesday, this is just where the team gets together. It is training camp for the New York football giants. They are amassing rookies, veterans, coaching staff. They're all coming together to kick off what will hopefully be really the tip of the iceberg. We mentioned this last week about when is it officially feel like everyone said, well, now that the rookies are coming in. Now you can taste it. It's football season. I say no. I say now it feels like it's football season because now real practices will start to get underway this week. You'll get a sense of some of these guys together. The depth chart that we're going to talk about will start to flesh itself out too. So like we're right there, man. And because you're inside the last week of July. And once you touch August, by the way, we, we haven't even mentioned this once yet. Like the first preseason game is coming. Think about that. That's the first week of August. Like football, whatever you think about preseason games, will be happening within uh, 10, 10, 11 days. So that's, yeah, it's now football time. It, I was just, you took the words out of my mouth. If you when it turns August 1st, that baseball in full bloom, you have guys in pads hitting each other, making contact, and you get ready for the first preseason game. It feels like football is slowly upon us. It's no longer looking like way out into the distant future, Adam. Like you can start feeling what week one is going to look like for the Giants. You better believe it, man. And we're going to get into exactly takeaways from his interview as he was discussing what he what he's excited about this offseason versus maybe where things started last year for him and for the team overall on the defensive side of the ball. But we had talked about uh, on Monday and we've talked a little bit in the offseason about Madden ratings. And there, you mentioned about are we as Giants fans when we were talking about Andrew Thomas, you know, are we just running it through like our filter and not taking in the totality of the league and then putting players in the right places accordingly. Likewise for the team overall, because again, this is Madden. Don't worry about it. But also if we agree that everybody has a rating, Madden thinks the giants not so good. Yeah. So we, we talked a little bit about some of the individual ratings with Evan Neal uh, and Andrew Thomas yesterday. The, the New York Giants as a team came out with a 75 overall rating, which was the second worst in the entire league, just in front of the Houston Texans. And yeah. reason why is, is basically because the offense was a 68, which is dead last in the NFL. So Madden says our offense is the worst in the league. But what surprised me, Adam, was they also said that our defense was a 74 rating, which is good for fourth worst in the league. And that sure. to me just didn't, didn't seem to, to feel right because it never felt like the giants weren't competitive on defense. It felt like on offense, it, you know, 
we're running QB sneaks on second and third down. Like you understand why people would say that our offense is not potent, but on defense, it felt like we were better than bottom four in the league. You'd think, right. Um, you know, it's funny because you look over top, you look across it, and I'm not even associating the rating so much as the general statement of unknown commodity. And even if we think about this year, obviously adding in Thibodeau and you know Aziz Ojolari coming back, and you add in, we think some other exciting young pieces. Uh, we're gonna get to Xavier McKinney entering now, which should be his dominant, explosive third season. There's all these opportunities, but but if you walk across it, I would say something like. Jalen Holmes, I don't know, question mark. What'll that be? Ellis, eh, question mark. Rookie, DJ Davidson. Like, I'm not, this isn't about whether I like them, don't like them, question mark, right? Jihad Ward, veteran player, has some experience, but yeah, you know, to what level? We'll see. Get into the outside linebacker role. Okay, Aziz Ojolari, check the box. Thibodeau, let's just automatically check his rookie box. But Ocean Eximenez, this is a guy we talked about, couldn't even touch starting roles last year. We wanted him ousted this offseason. He's still a part of it. Quincy Roche, nice little year. Got to build on that, but we'll see. Question mark around Cam Brown didn't get starting reps. Nico Lalos, journeyman. Oh, uh, you know, I, you know, and then you go down. Let's get down. Let's get into the inside linebacker room. Tay Crowder. We all have questions about what he's capable of. Could be. Got McFadden in there. He's a rookie. Got Darian Beavers. He's a rookie. Excited about him. Carter Coughlin, a guy that I love. Don't know what he's going to be capable of. Hilliard. Eh, you know, whatever. And Blake Martinez is obviously there. Like you keep just saying question marks, let alone we get to the secondary and you hit Darnay Holmes and you hit Kennedy and you hit Aaron Robinson that we're excited about, but now he's going to be a starter across from Adoree Jackson. Like I, I think that it makes all the sense in the world that the giants like are being, I'll put it this way, positively that they're being slept on a little bit, right? Because there are dozens of players on this team that on paper or from afar, you're going to say, they could just as just as soon be terrible as they could be potentially serviceable to consistent over the course of this season. So no, I'm not shocked by it. You you know what? The more you talk, you talked me into it as you were explaining all the different pieces. And also, Adam, think of it like we lost Dribble Peppers, we lost James Bradbury, yes. we lost yes. some of our we lost Logan Ryan, we lost yes. guys that are known commodities, right? So like it's understandable that they that 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 would be the case. Now I think the problem that I have with the Madden ratings is if this was the exact group of talent and it was Patrick Graham instead of Wink Martindale, it would make way more sense. But this team has been constructed with the idea of Wink Martindale brings pressure. He he likes a different type of scheme, which will perform to people's strengths, like a Dory Jackson, like a Dane Belton and others. So for me, I think it's, it's more they've looked at the players that have left and the players that have come in and just said, oh, I'm unimpressed. But they, I don't think they're taking the nuance of, yeah, well, that was under the old scheme. A newer scheme can really get the most out of these types of players. No, of course. Listen, I more favorable in the versatility that we think Wink Martindale brings to personnel, et cetera. So, you know, we'll see how it plays itself out. But realistically, this is your baseline and a lot of young talent. And young talent is always going to be, whether in Madden or in real life, it's going to be something you have question marks around. It's why we're so intrigued around training camp. When we talk about the defensive side of the ball and somebody who's very excited to get things underway is one Xavier McKinney. And I tell you, man, when you want to hear about a guy that is excited at the prospect of playing underneath a new defensive scheme, maybe opening it up, grip it and ripping it. He is not, as he talks about the defensive court, excuse me, a little bit there on YouTube. So we worked through it though. He's not afraid to listen to players. He's one of those guys that's not a big ego guy. If there's something that he can do better, 
He's always all ears. Xavier McKinney goes on to say, that's what I really love about him. He's one of those guys that's all about the work. He's not much about talk. And that's something that gets us fired up and gets us ready and prepared to play. And you love it. You love you it, right? Want, you can't wait to see Xavier McKinney underneath that defensive coordinator showing up and showing out on the football field, except for the fact that that is Xavier McKinney speaking about Patrick Graham last year heading into training camp in the offseason. And we bring those up. Good work by Andy on this one, finding these quotes to bring up this quote from Xavier McKinney this year. Last year, my first three or four games, I was barely playing. There were some games where I didn't even play the whole first half. I think people forget that, too. It was a lot of different things. And Andy, he went on to say he didn't necessarily agree or align with Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I mean, we saw these these quotes come out, and Xavier McKinney was saying that he had some disagreements with the previous coaching staff, and he's excited about Wink Martindale, and he's going to thrive in this new system. And all of those things are great in terms of, of being excited about playing for Wink Martindale. But when he came back and said, yeah, I had disagreements. I wasn't on the field. I didn't like all this. I remembered back in October of last year, I'm like, Xavier McKinney spoke glowingly of Patrick Graham. I just couldn't remember where it was. And we came to find out. He's like, you know, uh, he, he was amazing. He let, yeah, That's why I love playing for him. He listens to his players. And he so when he says Patrick Graham was listening to his players, but then he comes out in the most recent thing and says, we had some disagreements and we couldn't agree on things. It's like, well, one of those things can't be true because if he's listening to you, then how are you having so many disagreements with him? It feels a little bit revisionist in terms of the history, but I get it. If you want to compliment Wink Martindale or you're excited about the new way the team is going to use you, then let's just focus on that and not bring up old stuff that kind of is like misremembering what you said previously. Yeah, and I think I mean, we, we talked about this. Everybody kind of knows it. It's like, well, a new regime. You always want to put your best foot forward. So you always speak really excitedly and glowing about who's coming in. And then when they say, okay, but like if you, you, know, you weren't as effective as maybe you hoped you could have been last year, what was up with that? Well, as you may recall, I, I, sometimes I didn't even play the entire first half. I was being misused. I'm, I'm a more explosive player, and that's a more conservative defense. And by the way, I'm not saying that all those things can't be true. It's just when you come off of last year coming into, it, you go, this guy gets us. He knows what it's all about. Can't wait to get out there. And by the way, if we want to give Xavier McKinney a little bit of, of leeway on this, and by the way, every NFL player, a little bit of latitude on this. It's that, Hey, coming into the camp, like I was excited about what that defensive coordinator potentially was going to be. And then throughout the year, when all of a sudden I wasn't playing that much, then I'm only playing in second half of games. Like things turned and I was like, I thought I was going to love this experience. It turns out I'm actually a little more frustrated. Yeah, that would be the case, Adam, except that was that was from October. Yeah. So it was in the middle of the season last year. So like, listen, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crush Xavier McKinney for for saying what he said. It it's fine if you feel a certain way, but but let like and and to be honest with you, these guys decide how much playing time you get. These guys decide how much you get to show your showcase your ability, which in turn affects how much money you can make in the NFL. And so yeah. what, uh, why would you ever bad mouth a boss that is in front of you or that is currently your boss? I get it in business. You do it all the time. So I'm, I don't begrudge him for it. I just think it's important for us to take note that like the same players that are bashing Patrick Graham or saying that they had disagreements were also the same people that said that they loved him and wanted him back. 
Before we turn our attention over to the depth chart here, and again, we had mentioned with Paul Schwartz, his projected depth chart coming to training camp. There's a couple of little things on the defensive side that are worth noting. Let's also um, take away some of the positives from the interview with Xavier McKinney. Uh, this one, by the way, who came across with this one? This is from Steve Serby there over um, on New York Post. Yeah, so for the New York Post, Steve Serby with this, uh, with Serby with this interview. We asked him about what he thinks this defense can be. So can this defense be a top 10? I think so, man. We're still making strides to get there. That's what we want to be. But I think we're going to have a great defense. Now, put that in contrast to where some of these Madden ratings and rankings go. We shall see. But he's bullish and confident that confident there. Also, do you expect to do more blitzing? Yeah, man, I do. I think in this system, we'll all be able to play different roles. I am definitely prepared and ready to get back to blitzing. I haven't blitzed in two years. So as he was laughing, it, it'll be good. You know, I will take away that idea too. When you talk about Xavier McKinney and we all say, like when you saw him on the field, it's like, this is it. Right, This is the guy that can do anything and everything that you want from him. There is that mentality, and there's questions in here about how he's been hard, not winning, coming from where you were in college, and how much winning you were doing there. But I do think if we want to project forward to what it could look like underneath Wink Martindale, I think that Wink Martindale's approach defensively and what the talent and versatility of Xavier McKinney is, that's the right type of marriage where like, I, I do expect – Wink Martindale to be challenging Xavier McKinney to be able to do everything I could possibly ask you on the spectrum, which is going to allow him to show up in a lot of different looks, a lot of different spots and really be a disruptive weapon. Like we always talk about it offensively, right? Oh, Kadarius Tony is a weapon. That's what Xavier McKinney is for this defense. You got to be able to use him everywhere. Well, Adam, I, I, the, the one thing that Xavier McKinney said that I think is funny, it's more the question that was asked than anything else. Is there any defensive player that is currently in the NFL on a team that if you were to ask him, can this defense be a top 10 defense in the NFL would say, no, is there any defensive player on any team that would look at, look you in the eye and say, no, honestly, I don't think, I don't think that's our goal. Like we're trying to not finish in the bottom five this year. We're just hoping not to give up 40 points a game. Maybe we'll give up 33 points. Like there's not anyone that says that. So like to say, will the giants be a top 10 defense? Like, will you be one of the better defenses in the league? I think every player, it's it's why they get to the NFL to begin with, believes that they are the best at what they do or that they can be with the best that, of the of the teams that do it. 100%. And let's just, let's just take a quick hit here on a few other young players mentioned in this before we get cuz I think this this is interesting because at this point Xavier McKinney is effectively like he has to be one of the leaders on this defense. So when he was asked about, and you'd like to think, obviously, along with the Dory Jackson at that cornerback position, but asked about Aaron Robinson, I always push him to another level because I know what we're going going to need from him, and he knows that as well. So it's interesting, like, I, I you know, th- this is that baptism by fire. Like, hey, buddy, you got to get the job done. Also asked, though, about Cordell Flott. What I love about a rookie or a young player is when they get out there with the first, with the ones, and they communicate. And that's what I saw from day one with him. He was very vocal when we got out there. And even if he didn't quite know what to do, he wasn't afraid to ask. So, you know, these are the young players that you need to see making those big strides and at least not being timid around getting in, making mistakes and learning from them. I'll just quickly say here, and you can give your feedback. I know long-winded Dane Belton as well. That's almost like my brother, I feel like already. I've been just pushing him in everything as far as watching film, coming out of the breaks better, everything. I pretty much nitpick with him just because I know how good he can be. A lot of what I see in him now is kind of how I was when I was a rookie. 
how I felt when I where I was talent wise, and I think he's got the same ability and the same skill set. I exclamation double underline that statement because as we talk about the depth chart, I come back to what you and I have said all along on this podcast and this entire offseason since basically the day that Dane Belton was drafted has nothing to do with Julian Love and his skill set. Dane Belton is the future of that safety position with Xavier McKinney, and it's why you want him there as soon as possible. And you hear in that quote, Xavier McKinney is telling you how good he thinks Dane Belton can be or how good he is coming in the door. Well, Xavier McKinney's telling you that he wants to play alongside Dane Belton. That's what that's what I gather from that whole thing. Yeah. Because they could have said, "What do you think of Dane Belton?" You could say, "Oh, you know, he's going to be a great player." You know, he's he's, because he's, he's about Cordell Flott, eager to right. ask questions, not afraid to right. make mistakes, right? Like, yeah. right. Instead, he's like, "He is my brother." I uh, like we got matching tattoos. We hang out every single day. But no, but he went on to say, like, I see myself in him. Which like I think Xavier McKinney, you know, eighty-one Madden rating, just just for context, like one of our better defensive players. Right. Like I think he's going to be a top safety in the league when it's all said and done with Xavier McKinney. He's basically heaping that praise upon Dane Belton, saying like he's going to be that guy. And you can already tell he's basically saying I want to play alongside him. He has the same mentality as me. He's got that dog in him. You know, he's got all those things that you want to hear. So for me, this is just further validation, Adam, that Dane Belton is going to get on the field very soon. He may not start week one. We still feel like there's a possibility of it. But when you hear Xavier McKinney saying like, that guy looks like me when I came into the league, like, you know that he's pushing to say, I want this guy alongside me on the field as quickly as possible. You mentioned the Madden ratings, obviously 81 leading that safety group. Julian loves 76 coming into the year. So, you know, listen, uh, take, I got to take it on the chin a little bit, maybe around him. But I'll tell you one thing I don't quite align with here. You've got Julian love with an 89 speed and exactly. How fast maybe Xavier McKinney really is, but I I feel like I know that Julian Love isn't that fast. Dane Belton a 91. Interesting to see, uh, and also a 66 as a rookie. So we'll see how that fleshes itself out. When we do the look over at the depth chart, the projected depth chart as brought uh to our attention by Paul Schwartz over at the New York Post as well. What did you see on the defensive side of the ball? Because I had two things jumped out at me immediately, and I'll hit you with just my first one. I'll go to Inside linebacker, and I know we're going to talk rookies here, but I'll go inside linebacker, Carter Coughlin. Carter Coughlin is projected right behind Tay Crowder. That My boy, he's still got a chance to be in this rotation here and make a real impact. What, what, was, what were some of your big takeaways when you saw the depth chart? I was I was surprised by seeing that, that they have him kind of earmarked there. I, completely I, think, surprised. I, think, I think for me, it was two things. It was one, seeing... Aaron Robinson listed as the cornerback starting alongside a Dory Jackson and backing him up was Rodarius Williams. The person that I seem to be on an Island by myself saying that I think he's going to make an impact this year seemed, seemed yeah. kind of strange to me that there was no Darnay Holmes. Like, was that surprising to you that his name wasn't listed at all? Well, and listen, and this is obviously just Paul Schwartz, what he thinks could happen here. And, you know, we talked about Arne Holmes in the course of the offseason. We said, well, there is the length there. Like, he could have some versatility. And in that way, I guess maybe you could say, and that's why he could be third in a lot of categories across the defense, right? Maybe he's third on the outside. Maybe he's also third on the slot. Maybe he's third in the nickel package. Like, wherever they're maybe going to look to utilize him potentially, but... I'm not going to be surprised about anything. I think it's great that that your guy, Rodarius Williams, is showing up here because Paul Schwartz, who covers the team intimately on a day-to-day basis, is going to have, you know, as close to an inside perspective 
um, as anyone outside of the organization. So you'd like to think that maybe that's a little bit of a telltale sign on top of which though Cordell Flock gets listed behind the Dory Jackson, right? So in this moment, at least does that let, let's, let's double down there. When you see Aaron Robinson, a Dory Jackson, now we're not getting the list as far as the, the slot corner and who's going to play there. So just the top four corners theoretically coming in here are going to be Jackson, Robinson, Flott, and Williams. That is interesting, I'll say. That that is an interesting group of players right out the gate, understanding um, the lack of experience for some of them or um, what expectations are going to be for these guys. Yeah, I, I I was surprised seeing that. Now, we got to take it with a grain of salt because they don't have the, the slot listed there. They just have yeah. the traditional two cornerbacks. So but Darnay Holmes, the- I would think, you know, could pop up there. But, even to, but I, I get your point around Darnay Holmes because Cordell Flott is a guy – we're not sure is he inside outside right. where's he gonna get used he, even he is at least being listed at this point ahead of darnay holmes although in theory maybe they don't see him as being outside available the way they do with cordo flop yeah and a couple couple of interesting news and notes and you could tell me which one uh was more interesting to you the fact that uh ellerson smith is sitting right behind aziz ojalari on the outside linebacking position there is a lot of talk out of camp about ellerson smith and how he has the potential to be the breakout star for the Giants yep. of the preseason. With his athletic ability, that because he was injured so much last year, the Giants ha- Giant fans haven't been able to see him. But internally, like they were asking o- other players, like who turned heads at, at minicamp? And they're like, oh, it was Ellerson Smith. Like his, yep. his explosiveness and speed off the edge is unbelievable. So to see him beh- behind Ojolari, thinking about Thibodeau, Ojolari, Roche, and Ellerson Smith, it feels like the Giants may be way more aggressive on the outside and have a much better pass rush than they did a year ago. Oh, of course. You mentioned Roche there as well. I think that it's interesting because you have this mix and match of bigger bodies, speedier guys, right? Guys that you think can set the edge a little bit more aggressively. Guys that are going to be able to track down sideline to sideline a little bit better. And that's what you like about Ellerson Smith, at least on paper. We talk about what his speed ability is because now, depending on down and distance, and it's not even we're not talking about knocking Aziz Ojolari, but just saying, hey, we want to make sure you can't get to the edge or what if it's a mobile quarterback that we're taking on and we just want to get as many fast legs on the field as possible. You have a potential for some of the versatility there. So I'm, I'm a fan of that. The thing that I'm disappointed in is we see uh Mackay McFadden listed behind Blake Martinez. That's what we anticipated. There's been some talk about him on the outside. I just, it feels like it's the one-to-one of him being kind of the Blake Martinez replacement. Um, Darian Beavers is not on, is not in this group either. And when you see a guy like Carter Coughlin there, I think you can make the the case of, as we sometimes said, which depending on which way you take Paul's list on the one hand, you go rookies can get it because now Cordell Flott is still a backup, but he's he back up. Whereas do we think that Darian Beavers, we don't know versatile inside, outside, if it's inside, he may be third or fifth behind Blake Martinez, Tate Crowder, Mekhi McFadden, and Carter Coughlin. But two of those guys in Tate Crowder and Carter Coughlin are probably very leapable, I would say. So I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be pissed off that I'm not seeing Darian Beavers. Well, the, so I want to go back to the outside linebacker piece for one more second, Adam, yeah. because I, I think there's an interesting thing. Obviously, when you go back to the Madden ratings, because we, we've kind of inter, intertwined them in our last couple of episodes, mm-hmm. you obviously have. Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau ranked as the two highest. If I asked you who the third highest ranked outside linebacker is for the Giants, who would it be? Is it Darian Beavers? It is O'Shane Eximenez. And I could have given you probably six guesses and you wouldn't have guessed that it was it, that O'Shane was, was listed. He's listed 
about 10 points higher than Ellerson Smith. He's listed above Cam Brown. He's three points. Uh, he's three points higher than Quincy Roche. Yet we as Giant fans, this is another one where like, are we flying too close to the sun where other yeah. people think that that Eximenez is going to have like a, a renaissance type of year and we're just not seeing it? No, you know what I think it is? I think just the way with Carter Coughlin, right? We always say, like, I loved Carter Coughlin, and I thought that if you had more talent on the team and he wasn't asked to be a full-time starter, then you could get more value out of him. Likewise for O'Shane Ximenez. I don't, I never, we never thought he could be a starter, but can he be a rotational depth piece that can spell guys? Like, yeah. And, you know, he at least has NFL experience over some of these younger players. Now, do I think that these other guys are capable of having much higher ceilings than O'Shane Ximenez? Of course I do. But this is a little bit of the balancing act of still got to play an entire season, friends. Still got a y- lot of young talent. And whether or not Ocean Eximenez makes it all the way through camp or whether or not maybe he ends up being a trade possibility as you get towards the deadline where he's in that final year and the money is there and you say, hey, we're not going and going, quote unquote, anywhere this season of real substance. Somebody else thinks he's a good depth piece on a competitive team. You can come and get him. So I think there's a little bit of by the way, same thing with Julian Love. Like, I think there's a reason to hold on to a couple of these guys that have been around the league for a few years, have some talent, ultimately are not maybe a part of the long-term future for the Giants, but can still be valuable assets when you get towards that trade deadline. And I think that's a little bit of a reality here um, that we're going to see unfold as we get through camp and then into the season. And Adam, I will say, at the end of the day, my friend, when we talk about the unofficial depth chart by Paul Schwartz, we talk about Madden ratings. This is all stuff that is conjecture and it's off the field with training camp starting. And as you mentioned, pre uh, preseason games are almost a week and a half away. We're yeah. actually going to start seeing these players compete against other guys. And we won't care about what the Madden rating said. And we won't care what the unofficial depth chart said because we're going to see the play on the field. And when you see it, you know it. And I expect to see guys like Dane Bellin and others really show it out in preseason. Yeah, listen, what has Brian Dable said all offseason? You show it in the film room. You show it on the practice field. You get to show it on game day. That's what every single player has the opportunity for here from Xavier McKinney all the way down to the last man on the depth chart. We'll see how it plays itself out. We'll come back in with updates, get a sense of how quickly we're getting information coming out of training camp. We'll hit that all week long, all into next week as well. You get the show, the podcast over on YouTube, wherever you get those needs fulfilled, subscribe, like download, share with your friends. And as Andy Mackowitz would want, need and nay demand the people know as always, let's go big blue. We'll